Marnie Hughes, and this is Missing on News Nation. Each week, we focus on a missing person case from across the country, taking you behind the headlines. Every missing person matters, no matter their background or past, race or circumstances. They're missed by their family, their friends, their community, and sometimes by complete strangers. It's our mission to bring these cases to light with the hope of finding answers and sometimes offering closure. And maybe you can help us solve some of these mysteries too. This is Missing. The tooth fairy will come and get it and leave me money under my pillow because I used a tooth and I brushed it nice and clean. Thank you, tooth fairy. In September 2015, David Hopper got a call from his daughter, Ava Grace's elementary school. Ava hadn't been to class for 21 days. Did he know where she was? Ava and her mom, Catherine Baldwin, lived in San Antonio, Texas. David lived in central Oklahoma, a seven-hour drive away. Ava was the product of a 34-day marriage. David called San Antonio police to report his little girl missing. What they found surprised them. When we sent the police out there to, to the location of the last address that we had known from, it, it turned out to be an empty lot. And that's when we kind of figured, okay, there's something going on here. David says from the moment that Catherine told him she was pregnant, he sought to be the father that Ava would want and need. But getting that chance was more than difficult. David hired five different lawyers and spent upwards of $45,000 battling with Catherine in the courts, both in Texas and Oklahoma, to get a custody arraignment of his spunky little girl. Yeehaw, partner! How are you doing? She's just the perfect little girl. She was really surprised to know that she had a lot of family on this side of the family. All the while, David says Catherine's life was spiraling. He says she was in and out of church missions, shelters, and relationships as he fought for more access to Ava. But David says one day, Child Protective Services was alerted to a salacious video of Catherine performing a sex act. Two-year-old Ava was in bed behind her. CPS contacted us and said, if you will help us find her, then you can have your daughter. David was given partial custody, driving seven hours each way to pick up Ava for a month in the summer and holidays. He remembers what Ava said to him one of the first times he took her swimming on one of those trips. You're my daddy. You're my daddy. She did, she did not know that she even had a father. She was just uh, in awe that she even had a father. Uh, I was kind of kept a secret from her, I guess. Fulbright, Ava's aunt, says Catherine, or Katie, had a habit of running. She just jumped counties. She'd get in trouble in one county and she'd jump to the other county. Catherine has a felony warrant for interfering with child custody. Police records show she has a history of alcohol and prescription drug abuse and suffers from mental illness. But when David requested full custody over concerns of Catherine's ability to keep Ava safe, Catherine and Ava disappeared. It's been eight years. Ava is now 14. David remains hopeful Ava is alive. He says there have been sightings of the pair since they disappeared, including contact from a couple in Florida who said Catherine tried to hand over custody of Ava to them. 
we have reason to believe that she is alive. There's also a case down in Florida where uh, we know that the couple that she tried to give Ava to, they contacted us, and that was after they went missing. So. That was in 2016. San Antonio police say there were other possible sightings of Catherine as late as 2020. Police confirm they have records of her using nearly a dozen aliases. And hopes rose again last year when armchair detectives thought they'd spotted Ava and Catherine in a series of TikTok videos featuring a mother-daughter duo by the names of Bebop and Babe. Even Rolling Stone magazine featured the story. We had that investigated. It, it turns out it wasn't them. But the only great thing about it is, is it brought a lot of attention to, to Ava's case. In fact, it went viral overnight. For now, David and his family post letters to Ava on a Facebook page, hoping one day she'll stumble across it and see how much she's loved and missed. It's hard to watch my brother go through it. He's its only child. That's all he's ever wanted was a family. And he deserves to have his daughter in his life. It'll lead you up inside, okay? Uh. So I do distance myself from it. But there's not a day that I don't wake up and I thank God that today could be the day. You never know. And yes, it gets disappointing after nine years. Uh, getting up and saying that prayer, thank you, Lord, that today could be the day and it doesn't turn out that way. And it eats at you at times. Um, but God's my only hope. You ask me if she's still alive. Sometimes I have my doubts. I'll be honest with you. But when you asked me that earlier, I answered with confidence because I believe that God is true to his word, that he said he would watch over her, that he would protect her, he would keep her safe, and that he would bring her home one day. Now, it's your opportunity to get involved. During our After the Show, we share the extended interviews and your questions, all in an effort to bring the missing home. Here to talk more about Ava's case, co-host of In Pursuit with John Walsh on Investigation Discovery and Executive Director at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, Callahan Walsh. Callahan, uh, welcome back and thank you. Ava's case involves a non-custodial parental issue. How common is that in the cases you all follow? Well, at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, we work on about 30,000 missing children's cases at any one time. And of course, children go missing many different ways. Some children run away from the home. Some children are kidnapped by uh, their, their non-custodial parents. Some kids are, are kidnapped by strangers. Non-custodial parental abductions represent about 5% of our caseload at the National Center. So while it's a small percentage, it is something that we see quite regularly uh, here in the U.S. And these cases are very sensitive. There's oftentimes many layers to them. And they have to be dealt with uh, sensitively as well. You know, there's a child here who, whose life depends on, you know, the, these court proceedings. And so while they can be difficult to manage, they are still cases that we're actively trying to, you know, one, find these children, but return them to their to the parents that have rightful custody as well. And do you see success in some of these non-custodial cases once you are able to cut through the complexity of the legal system? 
We do. We absolutely do. And, and that's why we want the court system to be involved. We want to make sure that Ava, uh, you know, that somebody knows that, that she's safe right now. We just don't know where she is. We haven't seen her in so long. The mother is not cooperating. Her, her side of the family is not cooperating. And so, you know, at this point is where is Ava? Is she OK? Is she alive? Who has who, who is she with? We know the mother had had left her with people she had just met oftentimes for months. Uh, at a time. And she even tried to sort of do a sham adoption down in Florida where she had, you know, written down by hand this these sort of adoption papers to to another individual who refused to take Ava. Um, and so at this point, we just don't know where she is. Uh, we don't know if she's safe. And we know the father who does have custody of Ava has been missing her for these eight years. Uh, she needs to be returned home. She has a loving family. Um, they want to see her home safe. This age progression photo that you all put together with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children shows what Ava would look like now. She would be 14 years old. How critical is it that this new photo gets out there, circulates on the internet for people who have followed this case or in the chance, Callahan, Ava's out there and sees it. You're absolutely right. You know, uh, the most important tool when it comes to the recovery of a missing child, and I always say this is a photo of the child. And so we do these age progressions to make sure that the image that we're putting out to the public matches what that child may look like today. Because again, Ava went missing when she was, or was last seen when she was six years old. She's 14 now, it was eight years ago. And so what we've done is age progress the photos using all the photos that we have of, of the mother's side of the family and, and of the father's side as well, to again, try to determine what she may look like now. And she's 14, she, you know, there's, there's a good possibility that she doesn't even know that she's missing. There's also a possibility that she does know that she's missing or that she may stumble across some of this type of content online. We know um, her father's and her father's family post regularly on Facebook. They have a dedicated page for Ava. Um, we have content like this that goes out. If Ava sees something like this, uh, we all want her to know that she's loved, that she, you know, that that her family is looking for her. Father is looking for her. And we just want to make sure that she's safe. And how do you counsel families like the, the dad in this case, Callahan, on to holding out hope, giving them other cases of success where children have been reunited with their families when so much time has passed and passed and it gets difficult to hold on to that? It is difficult, absolutely, but we never give up hope here at the National Center. We know these families will never stop searching for their loved ones. We will never give up, we'll never stop searching. We also have a family advocacy division, a whole division of our organization that deals uh, with helping the family, providing them services while they're looking for their loved one and then services down the road as well. Um, and we have a, a great program within the family advocacy division called Team Hope. Team Hope is a group of parents of uh, missing children uh, and, and children who've been exploited. And these are parents who, some of them, their children have been found alive. Some of them, their, their children have been found deceased. Um, some parents are still actively looking for their missing child. And so this is a peer support group who gets together. They do trainings throughout the year, all sorts of different great you know, activities that they do. But it really is about the peer support. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a call in the middle of the night from one parent to another that's walked in those shoes before to let them know, hey, this is what's going on with the case. I know you're you know, you want to get answers right away. We know not knowing is the hardest part. But they're there to support these families during that search, which can be just so difficult. 
right? And reminding them you are not alone. I understand, I sympathize. Uh, Callahan, we've gotten a number of questions and comments on Ava Grace's story once we posted it online and people listening to our discussion now. One is from Lynn and she asks about hiring private investigators in cases like this. We see it so often. What are the benefits of that and how frequent do you see that happen? We do see it happen quite regularly. Um, it's it's up to the family uh, and it's up to their discretion whether they want to hire a private investigator or not. Uh, it can be costly, uh, but some private investigators will also offer their services free of charge or at a steep discount for these type these types of cases for these families. And so while we have seen some cases hire private investigators that really didn't amount to much, we've also seen it the other way around where private investigators absolutely have been able to come in and provide information that law enforcement wasn't able to provide previously. You know, with cases like this, when there's multiple jurisdictions and, and there's gray areas, sometimes it's it's about hiring a private investigator to hone solely in on just this one case. Oftentimes with law enforcement, they're working multiple cases at any one time and their docket is continuously filling up with other cases. So sometimes hiring that private investigator can be the, the breakthrough uh, that the family needs in finding that one piece of evidence. But again, it's it's up to that, that family's discretion. Yeah, and it can be a resource issue for police, especially eight years in, as, as is the case with Ava Grace. When was the last sighting? We mentioned a few times, possibly in Florida. What do you know about the last time she may have been seen? The last time that we know where she was officially seen was at her school. Um, now, it was the school that, that itself that actually wound up calling uh, David, the father, and alerting him to, to the issue that Ava hadn't been seen uh, for over three weeks in that school. Now, Ava had actually been pulled out of a school previous to that because of an altercation that her mother got in with, a, with someone else that was associated with the school, a physical altercation. So she, Ava was no longer able to go to that public school and then was net, then going to this other school, um, which she hadn't shown up to for over three weeks. And that's when uh, they called the father and let him know, hey, Ava, because he's he was listed uh, on, on the information apparently when she was enrolled, so they called David and, and let him know, hey, we haven't seen her in over three weeks. Um, there was a follow up by law enforcement to go to the property in which Katie had listed on, on that enrollment information as well, which just was an empty lot. And so as soon as they realized, OK, she had been seen for three weeks, the, the address that uh, Katie had given is a bogus address. That's when law enforcement really started to dig in. And that's when David started to dig in as well and, and, and fight to get his daughter back. Yeah. Our audience is so tuned in to each of these cases and they don't miss any detail. And to your point about the school issue, Alicia says, why didn't CPS give immediate custody to Mr. Hopper given the circumstances? Do we have any court information about those interactions that you all have been able to glean any information from? You know, I, I'm not exactly sure. I know CPS had contacted David. Um, he, they had informed them about the, the video in which um, she was seen in the background. Mm -hmm. So this was on CPS's radar. Um, but these things do take time. The, the, it still is, there's a, still a court process. There's still things that need to happen. And because uh, David living in Oklahoma and this happening in Texas, jurisdiction was a little bit um, of a gray area. Of course, Oklahoma isn't going to take it on. But by the time uh, Texas was San Antonio, uh, police were notified. It had been uh, quite a bit of time since the last sighting. So where do you start from there? Where do you even begin the, this investigation? And I think that's what's so difficult is um, Ava's mother, Katie, really had a huge head start on on getting in the wind and, and, and being able to hide and, and 
be out there without law enforcement knowing her whereabouts and, and David knowing the whereabouts as well. So again, I think that's why it's been so difficult to track them down at this point. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's it's challenging on so many levels. As you look at this case as a whole, what else stands out to you um, that, that you want to know more about, the, a, a road that you might try to go down to try to get more information? Well, it's a plea to Ava herself. She's 14 now. She may stumble uh, uh, upon this content, um, you know, whether it's the the images of, of her that we put out at the National Center, whether it's a show like this, whether, again, it's the Facebook page. You know, it's likely that she will find out, you know, what that she's a missing child and we'll see where it goes from there hopefully she will reach out hopefully she will self-identify um there's many ways that this um this this case can can be resolved again you know we want to let her know that she's done nothing wrong that she has a father uh, that loves her she has a whole nother side of the family that loves her they want to see her safe um and we want to get that message to her and finally, uh, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, you all are doing such incredible work in highlighting many missing cases across the country. How should people contact you and, and talk about some of the resources you have for families like David Hoppers and others who are in this situation? Absolutely. So I think many people think it's only law enforcement that can contact us and report a missing child, but that's not simply true. In fact, David was the one who alerted us to this case. And so we always say, you know, the first thing you should do if your child goes missing, of course, is to call your local jurisdiction, call law enforcement right away, but then make sure that they report the case to the National Center or you can report the case as well. That way we can get multiple things happening at the same time. Not only is there local law enforcement investigating the case, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. You know, we're, we're about to be 40 years old. We've helped recover over 400,000 missing children since our inception. So the expertise that we have, whether it's poster distribution or uh, providing a, a member of Team Adam deployed boots on the ground to help coordinate with local law enforcement, whether it's volunteer searches, grid searches, landfill searches, Again, poster distribution is huge. Um, but also, again, back to the family advocacy that we talked about, onboarding these parents with Team Hope. Um, you know, there are so many resources the National Center has, including the federal partnerships that we've uh, we've maintained over the years. It really is about bringing all this technology together, all these resources and all this information and expertise to help bring these children home faster than ever before. But there's also great prevention education that we have here at the National Center. Of course, we want to make sure kids don't go missing or become exploited in the first place. And so we use all the information that we get as the clearinghouse for um, missing and exploited children's issues to help inform our prevention education uh, materials. So again, you know, you don't have to wait for your child to go missing to have a, a touch point with the National Center. Uh, we have great prevention education programs that teach kids, even young kids, how to make safe and smart decisions, how to identify risky situations, learn how to avoid them. And all those resources are provided to families, educators, community leaders, all for free. 400,000 children, Callahan, since your inception that you all have helped find. Uh, it's incredible. I get this question all the time. You have the numbers. How many kids are going missing each year? 
So again, we're working on around 30,000 missing children's cases at any one time, and, and that number can fluctuate. Um, we do hear reports from the FBI that there's over 400,000 reports to law enforcement of children going missing last year alone. Um, however, those are not the full picture. You know, those are reports where a, a mother may call law enforcement and say, hey, I don't know where my child is, even though they were down the street, you know, uh, playing at a friend's house or something like that. So when it really comes down to, you know, the, the missing children's cases that need the full attention of the National Center, about 30,000 cases were actively working. And one that was recently in the headlines was the kidnapping of the girl in upstate New York who was thankfully found safe. How common are stranger abductions like that in the work that you do? Luckily, stranger abductions are not very common, and they've been trending down over the years, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, we still are seeing about just under 100 non-family or stranger abductions annually, uh, which is still uh, too many. Right. I think we had around I think the number was 98 last year. If we had 98 NFL players being kidnapped every year, it would be a big issue. Right. Um, and so while these non-family abductions don't happen that often, they are the most dangerous situation for any child. That's why law enforcement considers any child who's been abducted by a stranger in imminent danger. So with this case that we had over the weekend with Charlotte in upstate New York, getting her back alive, especially after those 48 hours in good health, that's a miracle. That's why we do what we do every single day. Thank you for the work that you do, Callahan Walsh. Appreciate your time as Thank always. You. Every missing person matters, no matter their background or past, race or circumstances. It's our mission to bring these cases to light. If you have a case you think we should be looking into, submit it to newsnationnow.com missing. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Marnie Hughes. This is missing.